Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Topic Time with Harrison Young, uh, the first uh, December edition in Easton. I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. I just want to say that Topic Time went, came to a, went to a new frontier yesterday. I actually did my first show from Australia at my uh, Area 58 location, and it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> the woman was an author that I had. She was said she flatlined, and then she got sent back to the to Earth to live her life out and appear on Topic Time with me. So everything happens for a reason, as I always say. And uh, again, I have an author tonight. He's a little more local. He's from the area. He's actually from Northeastern originally. He lives in the Cape now, but he came back here to do the show tonight. And I want to thank you guys very much. And on that note, I will now introduce uh, Mr. Robert Fitton here. Thank you. Harrison, thank you very much for having me on your show. And coming back to Easton, it's like going full circle from where I started out in my life and ended up down the Cape, and now I feel like I'm back in Easton here today. You really are back in Easton and here today. Literally, when I talk about my hometown, I'm here. Uh, yeah, and it's a great hometown. And uh, you, tell, you can tell the fans just real quick what you said to me as you know after when we uh, assembled this afternoon about my show. What you well, your show is something that's unique. Oh, it was nice to hear. And it's also topical, as the title indicates. The title indicates that it is topical. So that drew it to me. But really, the snapping of the fingers got things going. But the, but between the two of them, you, it's a it's a total barrage of wonder wonder, isn't it? Right. I mean, it's, it's cool is what it is. Ah, they it. used to say that in the great, day. Great term. The day. You can't argue with a simple no, and no. concise term as cool. Our cool cat. As the Fawns A would say, I That's guess, right. at, back in the day. Yeah. All right. Well, now you're in, all right. Now we're going to, but now we do what I do with every guest. Now that, you know, the, the now that the, uh, the accolades are done we, and, you know, people of Easton remember you and, and now they remember me because I've been doing the show here for three years. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about you. So tell me about, now you're an author and you've written a lot of, you tend to write very imaginary books, mostly in science fiction and of the genre. Science of that fiction, genre. but I've gone into mystery and uh, okay. some topical stuff too. And um, I didn't really start out that way. Well, let's as talk a about kid. that. What did you start out when with? When I was a kid, I, well, yep. when I was a kid, I wanted to be a baseball player. And okay. That's all I thought about. Anybody that knows me from way back when would say, Oh, yeah, he played Little League. He was a baseball player, and uh, that's all I thought about. And you did it right here in Easton, right? I did it right here in Easton. Okay. And uh, played Little League here up on the plane. used to be the Plains up in Easton. Okay. And now I believe there's uh, apartments. Are you uh, talking about, uh, like, Frothingham Park? Like, uh, later on, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, because I... And then, you know, we okay. all played sports back here. And um, High school, Did you go? Did you graduate OA? OA in 1969. Oh, you're a little older than me. I wouldn't yes, have guessed that. Yeah. Wow. Yep, so... Uh, so it was a great place to grow up, and it, yep. was, it was a place that a lot less restrictive than things are now. You know, you had carte blanche to go out and have a good time as a kid, and I think that's a good thing. Well, I think Easton hasn't changed that much, you know, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the nightlife. It's pretty quiet here. Yeah. <laughs> the downtown has changed, I noticed driving in. It's yeah, I guess it has. It, it, I mean, yeah, there are still businesses up. Very nice. But it's changed for the good. I mean, yeah. you know, there's nice restaurants there. There's a there's a, a couple there's a, a pizza restaurant there. I don't know how long ago that was. It. The train museum. My nephew, who was now a freshman at OA, as we speak, he just started. And some of the schools are now housing. You know, they're, they're housing where we went to school, like the Brahma School is now housing, and I believe over by the junior high school is now housing too. Are you talking about over where OA is? Uh, no, where the uh, yellow building is in the center of town. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Right, that used to be the junior high school. Yeah, we went to junior high oh, okay. school. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought it was, I guess, it wasn't Lothrop Street like and it is now. And before me, it was high school before that, so they graduated. Oh, it was. See, I didn't know that. I thought, so OA, that used to be OA then. It used to be OA way wow. back in the day, like the 30s. 
Oh, yeah. okay, interesting. Well, I'm getting a history lesson here yeah. about Easton. And I, don't, so, I live in Brockton, right over the town line. So it was a great place to grow up, and yep. I really didn't have the idea I was going to become an author. Okay. Or an audio book. Oh, everything happens for a reason. An audio book narrator. Yep. If something does happen for a reason, because I remember we... Uh, Got introduced to a green eye tape recorder. Do you know what those were? Green eye tape recorder. And they have reel to reel. Oh yeah, no, I don't know why call, they called it green eye, but yeah, of course. Right, and uh, I became fascinated with that. Okay. And I, and I started doing audio like crazy. Wherever I go with my friends, I have the microphone out. We'd do parodies on my friends. And wow. All sorts of things right through high school. And now, as I got older, it got transmitted into audio books. And it really does come from that genesis of, you know, learning all that here and having a good time with everybody with a tape recorder. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, so you're talking about you actually used to create scripts of science fi sci-fi parodies and mysteries when you were a kid? Really sci-fi, but more Just, like, well, well, uh, like, more like reality people stuff. people here in town. Yeah. Who, uh, well, you do like interviews and stuff? still my friends afterwards, believe it or not. But, uh, of course they would be. I know you, I know you, you busted their butts, but they're still your friends. I right, know. Right. That's what friends are for. Right. But you say things happen for a reason. Back then, you, you're not saying to yourself, oh, you're going to do audio on books. Are you kidding me? You know, but that's the way it worked out. I started that from proofing my books. Okay. And I would, you know, just read it out loud to see if it's correct. Then I started exaggerating the characters. And before I knew it, I was narrating a book. And I said, wow. well, wait a minute. I bet I can narrate these books. And because who else knows better than me what I meant and what I meant to say? So basically, you're saving the reader some work. All they have to do is listen to you. Listen well, if you're in the car or, or, or yeah, you right. know, just around the house and want it going, uh, you know. Okay. And I added some sound effects on some of them, too. Wow, uh, but, but, I didn't know you did that. I thought everything was just regular books. But, but it was okay. fun. It's yeah, fun yeah. to do that. You know, you get into these characters, and the voices just come yep. as you're narrating. You say, well, what am I going to use for that guy for a voice? And when you start reading it, all of a sudden you know what the character, what their emotions are, and the voice sort of comes. You know? Okay. Well, tell me about the type of books that you, are you, are you... First of all, now you started... You, you, as a kid, you've already felt that it was important to use sound as a tool for your writing. Sound is a tool, and I'd always be doing imitations, not imitations, but uh, empathy with uh, somebody would say something and I kind of flip back, imitating that type of thing. Okay. But I think that was more getting into a character, which I didn't know at the time. Right. But in a way, I, it, was building, it was building your... your um, your, your literary aperture, if you will. That, that's a good, that's a good term. I, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was a writer, too. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my notebook here, I'd be writing that down. You feel it right. Go ahead, write it down. You, you can take credit for it. But it wasn't until I got into college, and I was in a course. Where, uh, what college? Uh, up at UMass in Amherst. Okay. And I was majoring in American Studies, which is American History and Political Science. You weren't, you weren't a potty animal there, like everybody else? No, I... I Got that out of my way. I took some time off from school because of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I, when I went back to school, I was serious. Okay, good. And that I think that works out for a lot of people. That happens. So they well, go good. I mean, you had, you had a good attitude going in. Yeah, yeah. It's a so, very nice area. I know, the, I know the town. Oh, it is. Yeah. Hiking up there. I would have stayed up there, but I ended up going to L.A. because of outside sales. Okay. But getting back to what I was saying, you know, you, you want to uh, be able to write. Okay. So I'm writing this, supposed to be a two-page story about the Native American Indian. Okay. And all of a sudden, I'm typing and typing and typing. What the heck? This is, you know, I'm pretty good at this. And all of a sudden, I'm 10, 12 pages out, and I do a couple drafts on it, turn it into the professor, and he's ecstatic. Wow. He can't believe it. And all of a sudden, I say to myself, I know how to write. You know, and I kind of let that go by the wayside. And... Um, I started in on a novel a little bit later, a Star Trek novel. Wow. I was a big Star Trek, the original series fan. 
And I said, I'm going to write a Star Trek novel. I know all the trivia. Did you have to buy the rights from Gene Roddenberry? Yeah, well, that has a whole story behind it. Okay. But, but what I did was um, I sent it down to New York and got an agent. Okay. And um, if you know anything about Seinfeld, this would be like... I know all about Seinfeld. Uh, all right, this would be like George Costanza getting an agent. All right, this is Louis, the literary agent. Okay. okay. You can just imagine where this guy ended up bringing me. But... Um, he originally he put the stuff out to Bantam Books, to all the publishers down there. It didn't sell. We had some a little bit of a problem with the parameters. Okay. Okay. And over the course of time, I think uh, Louis just didn't do his job. So that's when I went into trying to do other stuff. Okay. And uh, I ended up selling uh, books out of Palm Pilots at the uh, turn of the century here. Okay, books and that you wrote. Books that I wrote, we put them in, uh, I had a firm out in the West Coast, and you put them into Palm Pilots and people would be buying them and they'd read them before the Kindle. I should know this, but what exactly are Palm Pilots? Are those things that you can just hold in your palm palms? Palm Pilots were like a Blackberry, uh, you know. Oh, computers. Was, yeah, oh, yeah. computer, oh, online yeah. books. Yeah. Got it, wow. Well, well, we're only 20 years out, but you're right, things, things change so fast. Yep. You know, it's incredible. So then, I went into the publishing on demand type of thing. Okay. And uh, when Amazon decided that they were going to go with paperback books and Kindles, I switched everything over there. And then I became in full control of it. And I could be able to narrate the books at the same time. Wow. And that puts me in the driver's seat where I'm not like you might be sending 20 rejection tips going out. Now, this way you've already got a forum, you've got, you can make your own advertising and, and blurbs and everything else, and you're in charge of it, which is really good. That is great, yeah. okay. And, you, and so that's why you went out to LA, to sell your own books. Uh, I went out to LA to just to get a sales job. Okay. Because, well, so, uh, but I, in, addition to your own, in addition to your writing? Uh, yeah, I did my writing. Well, what did you sell? Uh, I sold paint out there, I was a paint rep for LA. For a paint, paint? Yep, yep. You're talking about house paint? Paint, paint. Oh, for paint, the, like this, paint, okay. Yep. Well, well don't, don't forget, when the show is up, people aren't going to see the green screen. They're going to see probably a scenic outdoor eastern scene well, behind us. Well, they can us. pretend I'm knocking over okay. a bucket of paint then. Right? Okay, just so everybody knows that. I think everybody knows that we have a green <laughs> well, I screen. I thought of that myself okay. after I did it. But. All right, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, that, that's, that was it. What did you major in at UMass? Uh, American Studies and History. My parents were always big history buffs. Brought okay. us around to the country to all the battlefields and things like that. Okay, when you were growing up, they took so you when around. So when, when I write time travel novels, yep. it's American history is what I'm doing. I'm bringing people back in time and I'm creating a, a sci-fi plot, maybe with some aliens and things like that. Okay. But uh, it's basically American history that... that okay, that so do you, what, about, what about futuristic stuff? Do you write about that as well? Yeah, most of these aliens come from the future and they're causing havoc in the future and they end up coming back to whatever we are, 1939 at the New York World's Fair. Right. You got these beings that are back there that don't like the way technology is going and they've come from the future to destroy people. So, wow. you know, but then you got the history of the fair at the same time, which is what I like. Okay. And did a similar thing in um, 1927. Uh, with Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth it, and the 27 Yankees and all that. Yep. That's mixed in with a whole bunch of other alien stuff too, which makes it unique. You don't usually see. Oh, okay, like right. You're, 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 you have you dwell on the original. You know, you you mix yeah. you mix stuff together. That's that in and of itself and you is have original. To be careful. You have to you be have careful. to be careful because you, you, you don't want to lose your credibility. Yeah, that's a, you took it right out of your mouth. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, I didn't mean to take it out of your mouth, but well, you know what no, I mean, okay. right? So, uh, so I so I started out with the time travel books and some sci-fi, but then I went down to the Cape Cod Writers Conference. Okay, and it must I, have been awesome. And I went there maybe five or six times. 
And I got to meet with Orson Scott Card, who was probably the leading sci-fi guy in the country. Wow. And when he said to me, you obviously know how to write, okay. I, I went ballistic. You know, I said, you know, I guess this is doing what I wanted to do, you know. That's right. And I also had a, a course with a mystery writer down there, Sally Gunning, and then the head writer for uh, Murder, She Wrote, Tom Sawyer. And he, Not Angela Lansbury? Uh, well, Angela couldn't, wasn't available that day. Okay. <laughs> but uh, he would uh, slice and dice your work. That's what you want him to do. That's you know, exactly right. Yeah. I know. Okay. I've done writers' workshops, too. In, 19, okay. in 1990, I, well, well, at first I took Mike Hurley's course in 1989. As I told you, we published my book of short stories yep. 10 yep. years later. Yeah. And that, and that was an easy course because we had people from the area. And, and we, had, you know, we had fun with it. The critique wasn't too, too tough. Um, and all, and you could and if you take a course like that, you know you meet a lot of people that are very creative. Right. People have no idea how creative they can be. And you don't want people to be singing your praises so much that you no, miss I know the that. mistakes you're making. And I think no, that happened. No, I mean that people gave good, good critiques if they felt that somebody was you know could have done could have done right. should, should have made they it you differently know. than they would have told them. And it's not and nobody took it personally. That's, that's correct. That's beneficial. So yeah, because I think with some of my early work, which is free on the site, okay. is that I did not have that critical analysis. And for me to work on that stuff now would take years to try and fix all that. So I just put it on audio, okay. put it on the site, and it's free for uh, my That's early, my, all my early stuff, including that first uh, story from UMass that wow. I wrote. I put, well, I what about the that. Indians? Uh, okay, he, about the about the, he, about the Native Americans. Oh yeah, the Indians. That's I, on there. And we should be calling them Native Americans. Well, actually, most Indians want to be called Indians. They do. Yes, the, from except poles, in, except seen, in the Washington area, except around the Beltway there. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So and, okay. Uh, so that's on there too. And um, then I got into some just human interest type of books and uh, espionage books. And okay. Things like that. There's a ton of stuff up there, and uh, I took an early retirement actually to get all this together, because I had so much. Okay. I was constantly writing, I'd, the work day would end with sales, and I'd pull over the side of the road, and before laptops, I'd be writing. Wow. And then with laptops, I'd start that what, way. You never got pulled over, because you were pulled over by the side of the road, was it safe? You weren't like on the highway, were you? I made sure I was okay. Okay, in rest stops, hopefully. Right, right. Because right. you could, you know, I mean, you could Right, really, I, I know that sounds a little, yeah. No, I, no, I, I mean, was, if that's when you, that's with the, with the, with the, uh, with the no, I'd be in a safe you, that's area. when you had to, Take advantage of it. Yeah, I'd be in a safe area. Yeah. Okay. Or, or early in the morning, uh, late at night, that type of thing. Whenever you could, could write. I think you, you do get that writing bug. You oh, know, I know where, you do. I've, you, I've had it many times. Yeah. Where you really uh, you see you're accomplishing something and, and you want to. Keep I just doing posted it. on Facebook that fifty. I have like a photographic memory for dates. So fifty-two years ago on November twenty-eighth, nineteen sixty-nine, the year you graduated, I was ten. So you must be like 70 yeah, now. Yeah, I saw you. I said, yeah. Well, I wrote a, in, in 1969 on, a, on Friday, November 28th, there used to be a shoe store in Brockton downtown called The News. And I went in there and in Brockton used to be Shoe City, if you, if you know oh, Brockton. Oh, absolutely. You know that yeah. story. Okay. Yeah. So I went in there and they, they were looking for an essay in about 15, 20 words or less, whatever it was, why cat sneakers are the best. I wrote it and I won a camera. It was Did a piece really? of crap, yeah. but it was. A, but the fact that I was that at ten years old, I was able to win a prize for my writing. When you get that affirmation, it really, really. Oh, helped. it felt great. I, I mean, I ended up trashing the camera about two days later, but just because it wasn't working. But I, but just to, again, just the fact that but I those are pivotal, won something. Those are pivotal points. They are. When that professor wrote the thing and told me all that, that's yep. a pivotal point. It is. That, that I wouldn't have written that Star Trek without that. And if I didn't write the Star Trek, the other stuff wouldn't have come. I wouldn't have had the agent and, and stuff like that. So okay, but now you don't have, do you have an agent currently? No, I'm in charge of this whole thing at okay. Amazon. So it's at Amazon and Audible. 
and uh, some of it spills over into Barnes and Nobles also. So cool. you, you can you can just click on it and uh, and it's it's pretty self-explanatory on the web too. Right. So exactly just, what you. Where's it? Uh, Rob Fitton. Uh, be right Robert, Robert P. Fitton and okay. uh, and the uh, it'd be fittonbooks.com. Cool. Okay. Fittonbooks.org. Either one. We'll so basically, it. that's your that's your life right now is just writing. It, my life has been collating everything together yep. and polishing it up for the last eight or nine years. Okay. Trying, I had so much. I know, I know, because 98% of writing is editing anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You go over it and say, how did I miss that? And when you read something back, you'd be surprised. No, I know. Oh, yeah. you read, and sometimes what you do, the best thing you can do is leave it for about five weeks and then read it again. Yeah, Because it's almost like, because then, because then you're not going to be, it's because then you want you're like doing a fresh start with it. It's like you're looking at it. One of the as, yeah. it's from a different standpoint. From one of like the writers at that course actually said exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sally Gunning. She said, "You just let this sit. Don't worry about it, and then come back to it." Exactly. No, I know. That's what I think. That's what Ray Bradbury did too. You know, he was one of the greatest. I saw him in person out in L.A. He spoke at a library in Glendora, California. He was and, amazing. And I, I got his books up there and got him. So he was one of your inspirations, I guess. Well, he, yeah, he was an inspiration. He was a groundbreaker. He wasn't afraid to write that stuff. And you know, what about uh, what about Vonnegut? He was one of my. He was man. I read every book that he ever. I went. I went. I went in a tear in nineteen seven February of nineteen seventy nine. I read every freaking book he ever wrote that, to that point. Yeah, he just was. Over the top. He was. I mean, he really was. And uh, I wrote him a letter once too. He never answered it. It was kind of over the top as well. <laughs> <laughs> but Billy Pilgrim and that Billy whole Pilgrim, slot, yep. the whole slaughterhouse five, five thing. Yep. Trying to decipher that. I'm still trying to decipher the time period and all that. It's, it's well, that was the that was the war. Yeah. World War Two. Yeah. Dresden. Dresden, right? Bombing yeah. the Dresden. We saw the movie September third, nineteen seventy two. Yeah. That's the like, day we, I told you I had a photographic oh, memory. Oh, that's good. Yeah, for my for my autism. That's that's what makes what that, I do so special. That, that is, I have that's autism. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, how many now over the years? How many books would you say you've written and all? I saw the picture on your Facebook page. It looks like you had about oh, two hundred of them. No, it's not that many. No, I, I know, but but I'd, I'd I'm say exaggerating. It's, but go ahead. With the with the freebies, it's in the upper forties somewhere. I that's don't know good. the exact count. But uh, you know, and again, the freebies are good uh, just to get the the gist of my style. Right. It, it may have been a little rough the way it was written, but uh, uh, at that time. But the, the style is there, the plot is there, the aliens are there, and, and wow, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Now, now the thing is, I whenever I'm reading a book about aliens, I'm always it. It's very difficult, and I loved Lost in Space as a kid. That was oh, I, I was, me too, Doctor Smith. Doctor Smith, the cat. He was a he was a crazy man, and uh, but. The fact that you get you run, you're traveling to a foreign planet, planet and aliens are talking perfect English to you—that's freaky. Well, you so, get a lot of translators out there. You, you know. do, but I'm just saying that, <laughs> that if you're gonna if you're gonna create science fiction that's credible, you got to figure out a way that they can do it. They can either communicate. Well, I did that in a book called Sojourn. Okay, and that's a huge book. It's like you know, it starts out on Earth and ends up going to uh, the Earth's pre predecessors on other planets, and they're uh, the Creods, not the Creon. Okay. They're the bad guys, and the bad guy is Sard, and Sard is speaking in his own native language. Well, the two guys that are listening to him have been processed. Okay. Remember, you said how, how they've been processed so they can understand. Right. It's you have to do something like that, or you have no credibility. Exactly. Plus, you got to remember the aliens are supposed to be advanced. Right. They're supposed to be able to understand every lang every human language because they're smart. They're they're supposed to be smarter than us. They're advanced, but th these aliens end up being brutal at the same time. Oh, of time. course they're brutal. Yeah. 
If they weren't brutal, they wouldn't be a good. Yeah, uh, right. They wouldn't be interesting to write about. Exactly. That's right. I know. That's right. All right. Well, now let me ask you this: Do you have any visions of the future in mind for a new for a book that's you know? Well, like, I, well I mean, can you can you vision can you envision Earth like a thousand years from now? Do you have any idea? Just curious if you want to throw some well, ideas. I think I, I think where we're going now is uh, something I addressed in that Sojourn book. Okay. And the aliens had actually put humans into these capsules okay. in wow. virtual reality, and, and and that's where they ended up. And I think there's a real Sometimes danger. virtual reality can be very pleasant if it's it, it done can well. It can be, but it can also go the other way. And can. people could control it right you know and I think that's the danger we have we can go one or two ways right we can go toward that transhumanism yep. uh, where your body parts become like the six million dollar man and you go to an, an area where you're controlled or you can go and use it like you just said and use it in a prudent way right so who knows it could go either well, way we, now we is before the show started we, we were discussing that new uh, that new robotic uh, the little the, organism, like the, the organisms that have been discovered by, or that have been that have been uh, perpetrated by the scientists that are supposed to help the human race, when in fact they may turn out to you know burn us in well, the end. Well, there's a big question mark there. You got to ask yourself, why are they doing that? I mean, if you don't I know, know I, they say it's supposed to help clean up the plastics out of the oceans. Well, what are, yeah, then what happens when it gets inside you? you know? I don't know. <laughs> it's something you know, unless you know exactly. And uh, in one of my books, I had the one philosopher saying, not Duncan in German, which means to think. And the whole process was to be able to think about what you're doing in technology. That was the one with the World's Fair. And the World's Fair promoted in 1939 all this great technology. But you have oh, that's to, right. it's, yeah. it's the same argument using now. You have to know where that's going and you have to think about it. That's true. And people don't. They, the money comes first. That's true. Well, you know, I mean, it, it seems like every 20 years or so, a, a crazy event occurs that you never saw coming. And then it becomes a part of history. Nobody saw Watergate coming. Nobody saw Monica Lewinsky coming. That's except, right. Right. Yeah, I no, mean, that's the kind, that was really, <laughs> uh, you know, off the wall. And well, nobody, of course, nobody saw the virus either. It's funny you should say that because one of my central books I haven't mentioned is about the Kennedy assassination. Okay. And Stephen King wrote a book, uh, 112263, but he didn't footnote anything. And, and it came from sources from 60 years ago. And since then, there have been documents released. So things have changed in that area. So I have a trilogy I've written, The Kennedy Paradox, Return to Dallas, and the one I'm working on now, which is American Injustice. And it, it ties all that together as to why Kennedy was killed. But in the Return to Dallas book, it actually footnotes. If I say something, I'm not going to just say, well, Lee Harvey Oswald did this. or so. It's going to be footnoted. And what exactly does that mean, footnoted? It's sourced. Okay, you, I see what you mean. Right. You want to source on something like, because there are so many conspiracy theories out there. Right, still nobody, after all these years, 58 years later, nobody's really, except, I don't think anybody knows how it happened completely. Well, they got a pretty good idea. Some of the researchers now and some of the former government analysts know that the CIA and the anti-Castro Cubans were right in the heart of the thing, but it's the cover-up afterwards that is amazing. It that, is. That it was is. the tough part. It is tough because really nobody still knows. This, I mean, we, you say there's one thing to have a pretty good idea. It's, to, it's totally another thing to have not right, exactly to have definitive, right. Yeah. They're not going to leave notes around saying, well, this is how we did it. And, you know, right. You know, that, that's all gone. They did that by word of mouth and they had uh, programs already in place with the CIA on how to do that. They did that all during the 50s. Right. They, they overturned governments. 
So they were experts. They were world-class experts. And I hate to say that because I really liked President Kennedy. Oh, I know. I liked him, too. I mean, I was only four when he was assassinated. So Actually, in that building we talked about, right up the street, we were at a dance at that building, and the principal came out and said, I had some bad news for you. The music went off, and he said the president's been shot. Oh my God, that's right. You were you were a kid. You were like you were like twelve then. Right. We were concentrating on dancing the girls out there and everything, and this just floored everybody. everybody. I'm sure it did. Wow. Yeah, yeah. just floored everybody. So uh, I think it's a good thing that I that I did source all that. I'm very very happy. It took took two years to do it. But, uh, Did you relate your own experience of, of what you just described? No, just I, I described? concentrated on, you know, this is a novel, so you got two yeah. people coming back in time and oh, blah, I see. blah, blah, okay. blah, like, But you also have, like, if they surveil Lee Harvey Oswald, there's, there's the footnote, there's yep. how it happened, here's how the testimony was, et cetera. And it's just not thrown out there for the heck of it. You know, there's a lot of that going around with that particular event. Okay, well, guess what? We're down to the final five minutes of the show. You're kidding. We always make it go by fast. <laughs> always have fun on topic time. Okay, well, I hope you had fun with me. I did. This was fantastic. Thank you. I wish I'd like I to do if it, I could. I'd like to do it on one book at some point in time. What my show? Yeah, just just bring in, just talk about one book. Your choice. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, that's, yeah. that might work. You know. All right. Well, if you had a good time with me tonight, what I always do now is I ask all my guests if they had fun. If you have any friends or people that you know that have interesting stories to tell, I'd love to get them on as guests. Sure. Have them text me. You got my digits now. Unfortunately, I forgot to shut my phone off, and I received two texts while we were doing the show, but they weren't too too intrusive. It's a couple of dings. I, I think we'll survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. And uh, that's great. So before we wrap the show up, is there anything on the horizon that you want to mention that you might have overlooked that you got going on? If not, I, that's fine. I think fine. that the third uh, novel in that trilogy, American Injustice, with the Kennedy assassination, because after that, Jim Garrison investigated the okay. assassination. Is that the one they made the film above, JFK? Right, the one and, in New and the government came down yeah, on yeah. Garrison. And, and at the time, I thought he was a wacko. He was the guy that was smoking but he the wasn't, pipe. <clears throat> but he wasn't. Right. He, he, he solved a lot of that issue there. Yeah. That's, yeah, I remember that. It was back in 1966. That's, that's what, exactly. when it was documented. I remember that. Exactly. So I went to start out with my brother. Yeah, that's, and they made a fool out of him, but uh, he was right. Well, that's, listen, that's the only that's Usually when you're right, someone is out to make a fool out of you. Yeah, that's true. Because they're, they're Don <laughs> jealous of you. Yeah, I've been be. I've been on that road many times. Well, I, you know, thank you again for having me. And thank you. You were an incredible guest. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, guess well. All right, folks. Well, that's it. We're going to okay. wrap the show up. So the holiday season is upon us. Thanks for watching Topic Time. More great episodes to follow. See you next time. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>